Welcome to Dugout Confessions with uh, with my boy Grant Anderson. This is this is my first streaming uh, streaming episode. The other one was a in person, but I'm happy to do this with uh, an old college teammate, Grant Anderson. How's it going, man? Good, man. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. So you're uh, you're in San Francisco, right? Yep. Yep. When did y'all get in there? Uh, well. Since we play Oakland, uh, mm-hmm. we've been here since uh, Sunday night. We just drive okay. across the bridge to play Oakland and then for three, and then we have a day off, and then we'll play San Francisco for three. Oh, so y'all didn't even change hotels. Y'all just you know, no, because it's, like, uh, okay. it's like without the traffic, it's like 20 minutes across the bridge, and you're in Oakland, and then this one, I think they're like a few blocks away from the stadium for San Francisco, so – not that bad. Uh, that area is a little different breed, huh? A little different than you're used to. Uh, yeah, a lot different than where I'm from. But uh, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. The city looks nice though. The buildings are nice, like the like the architecture. I guess is what you call. Yeah. It. Like outside the, outside the window here, you can see like all these huge skyscrapers and stuff. So that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, culturally, it's a little different than uh. Southeast Texas. Yeah, I bet, dude. I bet. Well, uh, so Grant, I, I just want to get into uh, kind of what what your your complete background is. I want to start from, uh, you know, where where were you born? So I was born in uh, Port Arthur, Texas. But I grew up in uh, Beaumont, which is right next door. Um, uh, both my parents, you know, they're uh, uh, educators. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a teacher and also a principal for most of you know most of my childhood growing up uh and yeah we lived in Beaumont with the school in uh, Orange Texas uh, I went to West Orange Star High School okay so your dad being the principal was would you say he's the disciplinary or or was it your mom oh they both were I mean it was like a you know I, I got in trouble and dad wasn't there and mom would still whip your ass and then if uh <laughs> If dad was around and mom wasn't, he would for sure. Or when he got home, you're getting it again. You know what I mean? So. Uh huh. You know when that belt came out, it was it was probably an issue, right? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Probably deserved it though. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, playing little league and stuff like that, were, were, was it uh, was it big in your area, or were you already playing travel ball? Like, what was that kind of um, as you were growing up? And where I grew up in. Uh, you know, a little town right outside of, right outside of Beaumont, actually. Uh, there was a little league. Um, my older brother played some. A few, I think probably two or three years little league. But me and me and Aiden only played. We played our like, first year when we were eight. It was the only year we played little league baseball, and then after that, we just played travel ball for the rest of the time. We all strictly on each other's team. So, so just for everyone out there, like Grant has a twin brother, Aiden. And, uh, I mean, really, I think it was – for me, it was a little bit difficult to first get y'all, but y'all always, y'all always had different hairstyles. I don't know if that's how it was when y'all were growing up. Is that how kind of how it was? Actually, when we were growing up, <clears throat> my dad's, like, really strict, like – and he was a basketball coach, too. So, we played basketball first, actually, before we played baseball. Okay. Um, but then my older brother ended up being good. Uh, he saw my, my brother, brother, I guess, naturally gravitate towards baseball more. So then he tried to make me and Aiden 
baseball player. You know, we, we still play both. And uh, mm-hmm. but he was really strict. Like you know, everybody on the team tie their shoes the same way. Like, uh, you know, he didn't want uh, he, he didn't want us to have like right now. I got the my afro's all over the place right now. But uh, he was always like you know, nice, you know, nice fade, keep it faded low. You know what I mean? Uh. So we really had the same haircut for the most part. Like, and if I had an afro, he would have an afro. And then when one of us got a haircut, we both had to go get a cut. So okay. So that explains why why y'all ended up doing what y'all did in, in college, right? Just kind of letting loose a little bit, doing a little yeah, crazy hairstyles. Actually, like like my last few years of high school, he kind of was like less. You know, I like didn't really at, at that point. It was more like focus on baseball, try to get. Uh, you know, get ready for going to McNeese and all that. So I think he just kind of at that point was like, all right, they they got the scholarship and all that. I've done what I need to do. They can do whatever. So we kind of at that point, like junior year, we started uh, getting all the different stuff. You know what I mean? Braids, yeah, yeah. dreadlock, all that stuff. Trying it all out. Um, yeah. So as y'all were playing in Little League and, and growing up and stuff like that before you got to high school, uh, were, were y'all both only pitchers or what other positions – I think I remember, but I'm just gonna let you tell me. But no, uh, what what uh, other positions did y'all play? I didn't really pitch at all. So, you know, I pitched in high school, but it wasn't like like Aiden was always the the ace pitcher. You know what I mean? Like I was always a catcher. So I caught. You know, I, when I went to college, I wasn't actually playing on pitching when I got to McNeese. So I was playing on catching. And I got there, and we had like six catchers. You know what I mean? You remember we had like Danton and. Uh, cool, Trey Hans, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duhon. Yeah, we had ten, like Hinkley. We had like six catchers. I was like, holy shit. So, um, I was always a catcher. Um, Aiden was he played third base and some shortstop, and he pitched, but he was always, I mean, we kind of could tell the second we got to high school, he was gonna be a pitcher. Like, he is just he was so far above most other guys, you know. Yeah, it was, yeah. Just, it was, it was. Ridiculous. And to me, as far as pitching was, like, he started throwing way harder than me. And when we, we got to our freshman year of high school, and he's went from like being 13, throwing like 77, to he was 14, throwing like 87, 88. And I was still throwing like Dang. 80 miles an hour. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be a pitcher. You know what I mean? And it never <laughs> crossed my mind that I would pitch. So uh, then we got to McNeese, like I said, we had all the catchers. And he went in knowing he was just going to pitch. And then we got there and we had all the catchers, and I was like, all right, well, opportunity's not really presenting itself, you know. And uh, ended up switching up to be a pitcher only. And uh, didn't, went, didn't really want to do it, but my dad kind of talked me into it, so. Well, yeah, it, it's always – and I always look back at my career, too, because I'm like, man, maybe I should just, like, like giving up one of those a little earlier or something like that because yeah. – yeah, once you get to solely focus on a position, I, I mean, there there is a huge jump because now that's like what you're focused on. That's what you're doing and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I do kick myself in, in, in the ass a little bit because I'm always like, God, I wish I would have gave pitching a little bit more focus or I would have yeah. just not pitched and done the other. Um, yeah. Because it – but there is, there is a, a complete enjoyment, right, of doing both or or play, being in the lineup every day where you're now you're competing, yeah. especially yeah. catching. I'm sure that's like – Oh, I mean, yeah. You're involved Honestly, every if play. I, if I could go back and get to the same point as a catcher, I would. I would. 
flip that instantly. To be honest with you. Yeah. It's just yeah, to me, it's you know, you're in on you're in on every play. You know what I mean? Like you can you know what's gonna happen. You're prepared for everything, and uh, there's also a, there's an art to, to calling a game. You know what I mean? To be in the catcher and be able to call games and still control runners and uh, mm-hmm. and you know help your pitcher get through because you know sometimes pitcher as a pitcher you some days you go out there and you know like i know exactly where the ball's going i got the best stuff i've ever had today like great day but there's all the times when you go out there and you're like dang i got like one and a half pitches working for me today you know what i mean but i gotta face this you know this team and i gotta get these guys out and i think as a catcher you know being able to to you know, navigate through a, a game like that is one, was one of the things that I thought was really satisfying as a catcher, you know what I mean? Do you think that's helped you? So, I mean, I, I would say that it, it has, right? It's helped you navigate yourself on the, when you're on the mound thinking as a catcher sometimes? It helped me to an extent because I only caught up until that first, you know, first semester of college. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I don't know, it might upset some people, but like, there's obviously like there's a difference from high school to college and there's a difference from college to pro ball. But like, as you go through levels, you start to like to realize like, damn, the way people like a college hitter thinks is completely different from the way that a double a triple a major league hitter thinks. So like in that aspect, like, yeah, it helped me when I was in college. But when I got to like, you know, double a triple a, I mean, it's not even, it's not even worth because at that point you're like, I don't, these guys are so more advanced than the guys I was facing then. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So going off of, uh, I, I, when you were talking about pitch calling, like now there's a whole new system. Like, has it taken you, I guess, what was the adjustment? Did you start this, uh, you know, like a year or two ago with the pitch calling system or is that, I mean, that really came up what last year, I think. Or, last or really? year it started and uh-huh. we only did it in spring training last year. And then this year it was like, I think they, I think they did it in, uh, in games too in the major leagues last year. But Triple A we didn't have it last year. This year you had a triple, excuse me, you have a Triple A and major league. But uh, yeah, it started last year, but it's really pretty easy. I mean, it just literally press a button that says you know fastball away or slider away or you know whatever pitches you have. So it's pretty and, easy. I, and, I like and now, it. yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure because. I mean, I, I remember being on second. Anytime somebody was putting down numbers or you know signs, trying to pick them, and I'm sure everyone has like that's just the nature of the game. Like, um, but now now you can't. I mean, I if somebody ends up cheating somehow nowadays, like that's gonna be in, in, impressive because well, now it's like if something's being picked up, it's not it's from the pitcher. It's not from the catcher at all. Like, t- you know, yeah, what I mean, t- it's t- like maybe his 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 gloves a little too open. Or like you know, he does something different with his wrist or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you're gonna get it because unless you have the, the earpiece in, the, in your hat, nobody's you know only you're you the catcher and, uh, and then the infielders all have it. So like, unless you're yeah. standing right next to the shortstop while you're saying maybe <laughs> you can hear. It, you know what I mean? Like that's the only way you're gonna get it. But uh, but no, I like this. Not even for just the like not being able to pick it, but just like some of the signs, bro. As you go up in the levels, they get so freaking confusing. Like you know, you're counting like you're counting pumps and minusing the number and stuff, and you're like, dude, I'm trying it's to take like You know, I suck plus. at it. You know how bad I am, man. <laughs> so I'm like, bro, you got to you got to call time, and we're gonna do the second sign or something. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. at that point, it's like 
damn, I'm doing more mental work trying to pick up the sign than I am trying to worry about the pitch I'm throwing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Damn, so for me, crazy, yeah. getting getting the earpiece is like just eliminates all that. You know what I mean? All mm-hmm. you gotta do is hear the pitch and then execute. That makes the the more simple you can make, the 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 better. You know, the easier the game yeah. is gonna be. Yeah. The uh, the tipping of the pitches, like, is that something that you never? And and dude, I, I played indie ball, right? Like I played I played college at the same level as you, and then I played indie ball, and I played against a bunch of guys that that were either they 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 were drafted, then they ended up coming down. Some guys were ex big league guys, like like there was guys like that that I did play with, and and that's when I that's when I started picking up the 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 actual like barely glove tilt or you know if they open up first and then they come set or they'll come up and come set a little high then lower like when did you start like really I guess like when did that start clicking in your head where you, where you could like tell if somebody was so or, or you, got, you could feel it yourself or something right when I got to uh, rookie ball I made it a big point and rookie ball you have dude you have freaking you have pitches me like every day. And rookie ball, they they find something to to work on or talk mm-hmm. talk about. Sometimes it doesn't even like you're like, what are we talking about this for? You know what I mean? But uh, especially because I came from college, so I was twenty, I was twenty, just turned twenty one. A lot of other guys are like high school guys, so it's like this is the stuff we talk about in college. You know why am I mm-hmm. hearing this again? But uh, they, they were talking about like you know, oh, if you have. Uh, you know, if they can see your forearm moving, the muscle on your forearm moving away, they can tell what pitch it is and stuff. So, I mean, I came, like, aware of it at that time, but I really never had a problem with that, personally. So, like, it wasn't like a, you know, for me, I think I have the benefit of being a sidearm pitcher from a, you know, kind of cross, uh, cross body and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's already mm-hmm. hard enough to pick up the, the ball from the angle. I think most guys are like, I'm not going to try to fucking pick the – <laughs> no, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna look at his forearm because by the time it comes around, I'm not gonna know where it's going. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? so, yeah. So for me, it was a. Uh, that's I guess the biggest reason I didn't need to worry about it because it's like, if a right-handed batter for me, especially if they're trying to pick, look at my my freaking wrist or my something, and I turn, I come around, and the ball's coming from behind them, they're gonna be like, okay, I don't, know, I shouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, yeah. it didn't. It never really affected me. It's more for like guys who come set with like their glove, like kind of like this towards them or like that and stuff like that. that those are the guys that really have to, to kind of focus on, like make sure like nobody can see, make yeah. sure it's below your shoulder and stuff like that. Yeah. I, uh, I dude, I'm telling you once I, once I really like started focusing on that stuff, like I would, I would really st- keep it to the glove or like if they had their finger out of the glove, like I, I'm, I'm sure not, not many guys do that in the big leagues or they had actually have their finger out. Right. But, uh, because that's like one of the biggest ways that I've seen people tip because they'll do the freaking, what I call it, the, the finger boner, you know, like the freaking fastball and then they, yeah. they go breaking ball. And, uh, yeah. you know, I try to tell these young guys this, that stuff because, I mean, any advantage for the hitter is just it puts a, any good pitcher at, at a disadvantage, right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I was, that's that stuff's a good – for, for younger guys uh, just for to sure, start yeah. picking up early. Now, all right, so your high school time, uh, were you on varsity as a freshman, junior, uh, sophomore, junior? What was it? Yeah, I was a 
Me, me and Abe both were varsity uh, from freshman year. Uh, my older brother, so he was like, he graduated when we were in eighth grade. And then we went into freshman year. So we were, he was kind of the same way. He was kind of his first year, he kind of did both. Like varsity and JV. He would like play the, you know, shortstop or third on JV, but then like pitch on varsity. Mm-hmm. And then after that, his sophomore year to senior year, he was on varsity. And the coach we had, his head coach, uh, coach at the elementary school, or was like the PE coach or something like that at the elementary school. And him and my mom were really good friends, co-workers. And then he told my dad, like, hey, I know they're in middle school, but I want them to come practice with the varsity team every day after school during baseball season. So we did that. Um you know, we had like basketball practice or something at uh, at middle school, and then when that was over, we'd go straight to the high school and do practice with our little brother. And he was like, "Yeah, they're gonna be from varsity from freshman year." Well, then he got a new job, went somewhere else, and the assistant coach was like, "Hey, I want you still want you guys to be, you know, varsity on freshman." And then we had one of our best friends. His name is Mo. Was the other freshman? There's two other freshmen, so we had four freshmen all varsity from uh, from freshman year to senior year. Do you think that that, that was a big uh, advantage of being able to practice your eighth grade year and, and stuff like that, or at least go out there and be seen and stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, we at, at that point uh, in our life, we were already doing, like, baseball six days, seven days a week, you know what I mean? And to be honest with you, our high school – so my brother's first few years, they were terrible, like mm-hmm. atrocious. And then – they ended up having a group of juniors and seniors that were like, and I, I so me put some context. So my high school, Western Shark, is uh, one is a predominantly black school, and two is a like football powerhouse. So football is like, like I think we went to the state championship like five years in a row or six years in a row or something like that. So football was always came first. So it was really hard to find like baseball players at a football school like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was like, you know, my brother, and then he had like three or four other friends in his class. And then there was like four other guys in the class below him that all happened to play like travel ball, pony ball. Like they all grew up playing baseball and it just, they ended up being better his junior and senior year. Well, then when, when it came to like our freshman year, all those guys were gone. You know, they had all graduated or they were, you know, the three or four that were left were seniors. Yeah. And we were terrible our first two years. So, you know, Practicing those those last two years with him when he the team was good, it helped a lot because you know it, we were good middle schoolers, but these guys are still older, bigger, stronger, faster. So it, it did help, like uh, I guess, kind of increase our uh, you know skill set, and then it, it played it helped going into your freshman year having already like taken like some at bats off these older guys and like like he had a kid on his team who was throwing really, like really hard. And I was a catcher right then, so they made me catch his bullpens. And that the first few times I caught, it, I was freaking like a back. I was like a backstop, not really a, a catcher. You know, what I mean? just, shit, just bouncing off. Of yeah, you. yeah, it, it literally was. But and, and by the time like I've caught four or five more, I started you know kind of really understanding how to like where the ball is going, how to catch it, how to block those pitches. So it did help going into that, uh, like going from eighth grade, middle school to to high school. Yeah, I, uh, you know. It's that jump, right? It's that, like you said, it's the uh, 
the guys that are bigger, stronger, and faster, like once you realize that a little early, like at an earlier age, now you're like, okay, now I have to do this or now I have to do this to prepare myself. And, uh, you know, when I do my lessons and stuff, I, I, I try to, I do a lot of group stuff because I want to see, I want to, I want an older guy to be with a younger kid. And then that younger kid see like, all right, this guy's only like four years older than me, but he's way stronger and faster than me. He hits the ball way harder. than me. I mean, it's like, you know, four years, it's really not that much of a time. Like if you don't start now or, or, you know, if you have an older guy, that's kind of like not that good. And then this younger kid, like is, is working harder and hitting the ball harder, more consistent. Like now that older guy's like, Oh shit, now I gotta like be better. Uh, so I always think that's, there's such a big benefit to that. Um, so now throughout high school, did you, did you feel like you, you even tapped into your potential at that time? Um, I don't know, man. I, I knew I was like, I knew I was a good player. Um, and I think every young kid makes this mistake. I think they all think that they're really freaking good and they're not as good as they think they are. Um, but look, I don't think that like I really did that necessarily, but I knew that I could be a lot better if I could get bigger. And that was my problem. I just couldn't get bigger. You know what I mean? Like, um, I was like freshman year, I think I was like five, seven, like, you know, 150 pounds maybe. And then I was, I hit a growth spur. I got to six foot, but I was still 150 pounds. And I'm like, dang, you know, and we had this, uh, there's this team in Beaumont, uh, the, the South Texas Sun Devils that had like all these guys playing on it that got to go to college. They got, I think we had, they had like five or six draft picks off of it. Okay. And we started going lessons to that coach, uh, Matt Thompson. And we were freshmen. And this is like a 17U, 18U team. And I just remember, you know, I knew I was good. After my freshman year, like we were, you know, I think it was like all district. Run honor mention Aiden was like second team pitcher all district. So I, I knew we could be good. And then all the guys I had played with on when I was like 14U and 15U, we show up to this practice and they're all like already invited on the team and stuff. Cause it was a team that like you had to be invited to play on the team. Like you couldn't just go okay. try out and make the team. And I'm like, dude, what the? I get there, I'm like, what the hell? Like, there's all the guys I've always played with. And this guy's telling these coaches are saying that they're better than me and Aiden, which at the time, those, no, all those kids, I'm not allowed. Like, I'm a good athlete, but I'm not super athletic. Like, I'm a, I'm a good athlete. Like, I have athletic traits, but I'm not, like, I'm not really fast. I'm not super strong. I didn't throw, you know, 88 miles an hour or whatever. And the coach, honestly, I was told people all the time, I've had the luxury of, like, throughout my life, my career, people close to me that kept real with me. You know what I mean? Because a lot of kids mm -hmm. miss that these days. There's a lot of parents, oh, a dude. lot of kids yeah. missing out on this. You know what I mean? And the coach told me, you're only you're only here because we want your brother to pitch for us. He's 14 going on 15. He's throwing 89, 90 miles an hour. And you're a 150-pound catcher <laughs> that can that can hit singles. You know what I mean? That can, You have a good arm behind the plate. You can block the ball. You're good defensively. But, like, finding a defensive catcher to go to college is like you could, you know, yeah. it's like monkeys in a barrel. So... <laughs> Other than that, you know, you're going to be here. You might catch every now and then if you make the team. If we invite you on the team, if not, you won't. And so he's like, "So you were the toss in on that on that deal? Pretty much. You were I just mean, that, yeah, the sweetener." But, but that, I mean, he kept it real with me, and and I tell people this all the time too. If somebody keeps it real with you, 
and you get upset about it, that's on you. It's not on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, he came around me. He's like, look, you're 150 pounds. You're good defensively, but you can't hit 20 home runs in a year. If I'm a college coach, I'm not going to get a, I'm not going to get you. I'm going to get the guy that's the other guys on the team who are already like, they're already developed. They're already fast. They, they already have the arm. Yeah. And so what he did actually, I think, you know, and my dad, this team was expensive. You know I mean? And I, I mean, we're not, we don't come from money. You know, I'm not, not saying we're poor, but we didn't have, you know, we didn't get whatever we wanted growing up. You know what I mean? I didn't, we didn't get the luxuries. Yeah. The luxuries. Yeah. I mean, I had the same catcher's mitt for four years. I had the same shit. You know I mean, and this team was, I'm talking about like, we're playing tournaments across the country, Florida, Georgia, you know, all over. Yep. And he made a deal with my dad. He's like, look, I'll, you bring in the lessons for me. And if they get better, I'll get them on the team. If not, uh, or he's like, I'll let him on the team and I'll charge you the price for one kid for both. So instead of paying, you know, $5,000 or $10,000 for two, he just paid $5,000 for, 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 for both of us, like with one player. Mm-hmm. And we did the lessons and, you know, he uh, he worked on some stuff to get like more velo out of us, to hit the ball farther, like more consistently. And I mean, at that time, me and Aiden lived in practice. You know what I mean? Like, my dad didn't even. We at that point we were like we wanted it. That's the problem too. Though. Like I said earlier, like I feel like now because I've coached the kids to let ball and all that stuff too, and given lessons. It's times where like you feel like the kid wants it, or the, the parent wants it more than the kid. But I think me and Aiden were at the point where like we always wanted to play mm-hmm. baseball at you know varsity, college, pro, and we wanted it just as bad as my dad wanted it for us. You know, what I mean, my mom wanted it for us, so. We were like, if my dad had to drop us off at the batting cage or the field, we stay at the field, we practice, we work on all the stuff he told us to work on. And then we came back. Uh, he asked us to come to a practice one day. And it was, a, it was a scrimmage, actually. So his team was scrimmaging, like some team from like Houston KC or something like that. And we had both ended up, I think, like Aiden threw like two scoreless, had like six punchies and – I think uh-huh. I threw like, I threw I threw a couple kids out. I had a couple of his, and after that he's like, okay, like, I want you guys like. And he, again, he said the same thing. I said, you guys aren't the most athletic, but like I've trained you guys for like four or five months, and you're already showing that you're better than some of the guys on the team right now. Which to me, I always knew. I, I like I, you know, Grant, I might not be an athlete, but I I will compete with whoever you put me on, whatever level yeah. you put me yeah. on, I'm gonna compete. You know what I mean? And. He left us on the team. We ended up being really good. And we had offers from, like, a lot of places. Uh, I think, like, Aiden's first place that I called him was LSU. Mine was U of H. And then my my dad was just like, you know, think about me and your mom. Like, you know, get the most scholarship you can because we can't afford. He always told us, I can't afford for two both of you to go to college at the same time. Yep. So you're gonna go to the mil- either you find a way to go to the military or something and get your college paid for or you get a scholarship. But then, you know, baseball doesn't give unless you're a first rounder. They really want you. They're not giving you 100% scholarship, you know. So uh, he asked us, like, you know, whatever school gives you guys both the big, the best uh, percentage to go to the same place. I asked that you just think about me and your mom, think about financially. And so McNeese ended up giving us uh, next to Lamar. Lamar gave us the best offer. But I'm, I'm not staying in Lamar. You know, I mean? I'm not. I'm not playing Lamar. So yeah, get a little further away from home, yeah, right? McNeese is like close enough to Beaumont where like I can drive home on and be there in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't got to worry about my parents coming to the crib every, 
you know, every other day. And so, you know what I mean? So, yeah. and, they, and they gave us a, they gave us a good scholarship. So we both went there and that was, uh, that's how we started off, you know, that's how we ended up in the same place. Cause we could have gone you know, separate ways. You know what I mean? If, if I remember correctly, I think I, I think I hosted y'all on y'all's event or I, not hosted y'all, but I think, I think I, uh, on y'all's, um, Shit, what, what's the word? The, the damn your visit. Yeah, I think I think I was one of the ones that like walked y'all around. Yeah. We went to the football yeah, games and stuff and, like that. It was you, Cobra, and uh, man, who was it? Yeah. I think Trent Font was uh, yeah, because I think no, it was like you, Matt, Matt guy. It was you, Aiden. I think the gore, the gore, the gores were there, Adam. I know, and, uh, mine or, was, I know it was me, Aiden, Bisbeck. Selman. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Strayson was going. Because I forget y'all. Yeah, y'all are y'all are older than those guys. Those guys are younger. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Thinking about. So now let's make that transition, right? Like the now now we're at McNeese. Like what? I guess what was the eye opener? Or I think you kind of mentioned it earlier. It was the two way stuff, like. You know, you realizing that maybe the two ways not the option. So, I don't know, kind of run through that and just uh, through well, your own perspective. So, for me, I don't. I didn't stop catching because I didn't think I was good enough to catch. Because I personally think that I could catch with. I, I, if I, I mean, if I went back to it now, I think I could catch as good as anybody I saw in college catch. You know what I mean? Like, I know there was yeah. no catcher in college that was just like. Oh, this guy's the best catcher I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it came down to like uh, my my goal from a kid, from a young kid, was to always make it to professional baseball. And um, and I talked to Coach Hill about it one day after a game or practice or something. I was like, look, I can tell that I'm not gonna get the opportunity that I was expecting to get to catch. So if there's more opportunity to pitch. I'll just pitch because I mean, at the end of the day, I can I, I'm not blind. I can read the writing on the wall. Like there's, you got four, five other catchers. You know, one's a JUCO transfer. The other one's a local kid. The two of them probably weren't going to get a chance. And then you have your starter. So I, in reality, I have three catchers in front of me. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not beating the Ju, the JUCO transfer that you signed to come here. He's older. He's already going to get the playing time. I'm a freshman. And then I'm not going to. Obviously, the starter who he's been starting for three years or whatever. I'm not going to start with him. And then you got Duhan. Who's the local kid who, like, you know, I'm in his backyard. He's going to get the opportunity before me. And, I, and nothing against those guys. I think I could have caught just as good as any of those guys. But, again, I had a goal in mind. I wanted to get to Pro Bowl. You're not going to get That's why I was like, these kids who, like, they signed to go to these Power 5 schools. And you're going to be the backup for three years. But you're talking about you want to go play Pro Bowl. That's just stupid. Scouts will find you no matter where you go. I tell kids this all the time. You think that you, you got to go to Power Five to get seen? That's not the truth. Obviously, I went to McNeese State, uh, McNeese State University in Lake Charles, yeah. Louisiana. You know what I mean? And we had what? We had I mean, KJ got drafted, I got drafted, Briggs. It's all been pitchers, uh, dude. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah, it has. But Shane, the really like the only one that I can think of, like true, true. But still, if you're a hitter. It's a harder, but you can still like we had that Kowser was what a first rounder out of San Houston State. Yep, yep. So it's not impossible, but it's like you're gonna get seen regardless. Even if you get drafted in the 15th or me 21st round, 
least, you got to get your foot in the door. You know what I mean? So for me, it was I needed to be seen. You know, I had I, I can't uh, I can't afford to sit on the bench for two years yeah. and then only have two years of of you know to show scouts like okay, I can play at the next level. So for me, I talked to my dad. Kevin rolled me. He's like, look. If you want to be seen, you got to get on the field. And if you're not going to do it as a catcher, you got only one option, and that's the pitch. So I was like, okay, I'll pitch. And then from there, it was kind of rocky. But uh, Rocky started. Yeah, it ended up working out. You know I mean? I was inconsistent um, over the top. So it was just whenever uh, – I think it was an off day, me and Aiden were uh, playing catch, and they came out and were like, hey – uh, Coach Barton and uh, Coach Hill came out and they were watching us play catch. And then uh, they just asked me, "Hey, have you ever thought about dropping down side on?" I was like, what you, "Or dropping your?" They said, "Dropping your arm angle." And I was like, "What do you uh-huh. mean?" Like, so I threw right here, and they were like, "I was like, so like right here." They're like, "No, no, no like, like I was like, so like right here." And they're like, "No, no, no." And they're like, "We're talking about like similar to Cobra." And I was like, "Man, hell no! What? Why would I?" And, and honestly, and to be honest, all honesty, it pissed me off. So yeah, like, no, I'm already, I'm, I'm already I, not I, catching. I remember that. I like vividly remember when this was happening. Like, yeah, and it, I was like, it, I'm already not catching. You know, I mean, you told me I was coming here, I was gonna get a chance to catch, I was gonna get the same opportunity as the other guys. Didn't work out. Then you're telling me, oh, you know, we want you to be a, a, a release pitcher for us. You think you can be like a closer one day? Blah blah. I'm like, okay. And then now you're telling me I, I want me to throw fucking sidearm. And before <laughs> that, before I threw sidearm. I, that's not I even sidearm, bro. That's that's like almost submarine. I feel like that's where you. Started. My only image of that was like the, the four guys I faced in high school that were throwing like sixty-five miles an hour from down there. You know what I mean? So I'm like, the last resort is to drop down here. That's what I'm like, dude. What? The, and you know, and to me, I, you know, I was I, like I said, I was pissed. I wasn't getting catch because to me, I always knew when I made it to the major league, it was gonna be as a catcher. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And uh, as a pitcher, then when I, you know, when I had to be a pitcher, I was like, okay, well, now I'm going to make it as a pitcher, and I'm going to do everything I can to throw over the top and blah, blah, blah. But then again, you know, my, my dad and my and Aiden, both, actually, they both kept it real with me. Like I said, I had the luxury of having a lot of people in my life who kept it real with me throughout my career. And also, I forgot to mention, you know, my high school coaches, my, my high school pitching coach, uh, Steve, Stephen Westbrook, he is still like, still talk to him all the time. And he's, you know, I guess I was on that streak where like, damn, my dad didn't say what I wanted to hear. My brother didn't say what I wanted to hear. And so I called him and he told me the same thing my dad told me. And my dad said, look, you got to be honest with yourself. You got to look in the mirror, which is, again, is something that a lot of young baseball players miss nowadays. That's why the transfer portal, I think, to me, oh, is yeah. just it's, it's not not I'm saying it's ruining because it does give some kids the opportunity who like maybe didn't have a spot at this school to go get an opportunity at another school. But I, since even when I when we were in college, I noticed from our team even a lot of guys go in they don't hear what they want to hear and they transfer immediately. You know what I mean? And my dad told me, "Well, yeah, look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Look at how you played. Ask yourself: Have I played really good or have I played really bad or?" You know, have I been really consistent or have I not been really consistent? And then think about the decision that you want to make. Do you want mm-hmm. to try to go transfer out? You're going to have to sit out a year probably somewhere. 
you know, you're going to go through the same thing. You're going to start over at the top. And then if it doesn't work out, they're probably going to ask you the same thing. You're going to be away from your brother probably. Because I had every JUCO in Texas out of high school was like, hey, come play for, come play here, come play here. Yeah, yeah. And so I could have – I mean, I had my – aside from maybe uh, Stan Jack, I could have probably gone anywhere in Texas. Yeah. And But, you know, you got Cisco's eight hours away. You got Alvin's a couple hours away, Panola. So – you know, and then I, my brother, I was talking to my brother Aiden, and he was like, look, bro, like, maybe it's the best thing for you, you know, because you, you already throw the ball, already has a run on it, so maybe that's what you need to do. And all. So I'm like, man, fuck it, he don't know he's coming So I'm going to call, I call Westbrook, and he told me the same thing. He was like, look, maybe that's the best thing you could do right now. Maybe because maybe if, if you're inconsistent over the top and this finds you more consistency, and like you said, you know, my dad said the same thing. You said you want to make it the pro wall, you got to be seen again. So it's trying to stay over the top and figure it out going to get you seen more than maybe if you go inside arm. And yeah. And right. Just yeah. blending in with everyone. Cause everyone right. goes over the top. Like, right. And so, uh, and my dad actually, he loved the idea. He was like, I think it's great. You know, you only, the only other side armor is cover. And then you got, you know, you don't see it very often. So I'm like, okay. I feel like, I feel like at that point he probably like took you to the backyard. He's like, come on, let's do it now. Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> he, he, I guess it, when we got to college, he kind of realized like his past, his coaching phase. So, uh, but he was just Kevin Roby, and yeah. so I went back to coach. I was like, "All right, I'll try." And then, you know, I'm really thankful for Cover and Duhan and Dusto because, I mean, every day before we started early work and stuff, Cover's out there with me in right field, and Dusto's on the line, and they're literally, he's like, "Okay, you know, throw it like this, throw it like this," and I'm, and I mean, they they work with me on it, you know, and that's. Part of one thing, reason I think our team was really good was because you have you had older guys that are willing to help younger guys actually get better and not just fucking around with them and tell them, you know, oh, yeah, I do this and that. Or, yeah, you know, there there was no like, see, like I'm a senior, you're a freshman, you're going to do that. There was none of that BS going on. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's why that team was really good. good. But also I think that's why I was able to be really good because, uh, you know, Cobra and then Dusto, who's obviously – I talked to him yesterday, I think. We still, you know – had a relationship with like, okay, he's my teammate and like yeah, he's not getting playing time right now, but I'm still gonna help him to get that playing time to get better because what if it helps our team in the future? And I mean it did, but I, I, without them helping me every day, I wouldn't be you know, I thought I wouldn't even be anywhere close to where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's that's what you know what I what I always look back to at our at our college team and especially the you know, the twenty seventeen year, like was the fact that every like dude we I felt like I felt like from number one to uh what 30 I think 35 guys in a roster so one to 35 I felt like we were all the same dude we we're all yeah. boys we we're all tight like it's not that we all hung out all the time but it was it was still like dude I'll I'll, I'll help you when you need help and you know vice versa and and and, and with the transfer porter stuff like that it's so hard to create culture and oh, yeah, and, and to make that the thing. It's it, it's sad, dude. But yeah, you know, I think eventually, the, yeah. Also, you know what I mean? Like, how are we gonna? Because schools like that thrive on like having a class come in that yep. like grows at the same rate or like you know oh, elevates from that one class throughout the next four years. Mm-hmm. And now, when you have like that class comes in, well, half those kids are gone after a year because they don't get playing time, or because they don't necessarily like how this coach is running his program, or whatever. You know, I think it it, it hurts the smaller schools. Like, I, I feel like it's gonna be hard to see a 
you know, who was like San Houston State went to a super regional a few years ago. I feel like that's probably gonna become a little less now because yeah. like I think the kid from Manny's just transferred to Oklahoma State. You know what I mean? So like now those kids that are really good on those small so hard, dude. Shit, I can go to this big school and you know, and maybe maybe get some playing time there opposed to being here and with social media and, 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 and the NIL like deals and stuff yeah. like that. that it's, it's tough. Hard, it, it, it's hard for it the smaller schools to compete. So and it, it sucks because you, you do see, I think, the mid-majors are, are – that's where they are. It is better culture. It is just better yeah. environments and stuff like that. You know, it's not the it's not the big and, and shiny object that, you know, all these uh, big SEC schools are and stuff like that. Um, you know, to me, I mean, I obviously, we went to one of the smallest D1 schools in the country. Uh, <laughs> and I've played – and I've played with – Guys from SEC, you know, ACC, Big Ten, whatever. And I'm not saying college baseball is a grind in itself, but like when you go to a really small school and you see how these kids that went to like SEC schools are, you're like, dang, we didn't have anything close to that. You know what I mean? And it's kind of the same thing from JUCO. You like you you can attest to like from JUCO to D1, where it's like, dang, I didn't even have a trainer. I didn't have pitch coach. You know what I mean? Nope. There's no weight but, room like you know, shit like that. Right, right. And so like. To me, it's hard, especially with the social media, the way it is today, it's hard to convince kids to go really grind for some shit whenever you don't have to if you can if you can find a way to get on this school. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we, we growing up, like, like I said, we didn't have, like, we weren't poor, but we didn't have every tool available to us to get better. You know what I mean? Like, I think the, the earliest thing I can remember, my dad would throw black eyed peas at us and we'd hit with a stick for, like, our, you know, our, uh, batting practice that day yeah. or we throw we throw the 20 baseballs we have through a tire a hundred times you know what i mean and kids now like you go to the smaller school and you're like dang the weight room is not as nice or dang our our gear is not as nice and it's like i can't post this on social media you know what i mean i'm not getting no clout from this so it's like i don't know it's hard because I, for me i was never the like i said i was never the best athlete i was never the best most talented most gifted so I had to work really hard to get to yeah. where I got to. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I, it, like I said, I think it's harder. It's getting harder to convince these younger guys to to want to do that, to to be great. You know, when they can just quit and go do something else. Yeah, and think opinion. about like 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 if if you were maybe maybe if what happened and what you experienced, I mean, just five years ago, was like that little bit of you know that 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 that. You felt like the coaches were putting down you. Like now you're throwing, you got to throw a sidearm. Like, like I feel like there might be kids out there that never give themselves the opportunity because they're like, nah, screw this. I'm going to leave. And I I mean, I just remember how much you did work. Like, like I I remember, I remember when we, so the year that I coached in 2018, I remember uh, we started doing all the, the plyo balls and stuff like that. And I remember you, you were doing them and, and you were just like, dude, this shit like is hurting my arm. And then we just found like a way to critique it just for you, and then you ended up like taking some pieces and, and, and from that, and that's like what some people don't even give themselves the chance to do is like to learn how to like, like it doesn't have to be all one thing or it doesn't have to be like perfect like like your plan never has to be perfect because if you think your plan is going to be perfect for whatever you're doing whether it's training or you know just the the fact of like competing at at a, at a college like. It's yeah. not all going to be perfect, and it's about making the adjustments. 
And I mean, dude, I've seen, I'm glad that I was able to see that part of your career and, and see you. I mean, shit, dude, when I was watching your big league debut, it was fucking, I, I was just like, I, I was in my kitchen, bro. And I was like, oh, dude, this is crazy. Like, and uh, we're going to get into that in a second, but oh, man, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's true. It's just, uh, you know, I, I wish, I wish uh, more kids would like kind of devote themselves to the craft more than like. I, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm getting older, and like I don't want people to say, "Oh, he's just the older guy." I don't know what he's talking about, but like, so I like I go into the in the off season. There's like this a baseball place in Beaumont. And like you go in, and you see these kids like they're practicing. You know, they're by themselves, but they're practicing, and they got like. You know, they got one AirPod in, and the other dude's like Snapchatting them and shit. I'm like, bro, that's not. They're in Crocs not, too, I'm sure. Yeah, they are, dude. Oh my god, you guys, <laughs> I, 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 I kick kids out, bro. If, that, dude, if that's the case, I'm telling you right now. I, and if you, if a lot of people that know me know, like, I'm pretty fired. I, I, I get pretty fired up. So, my brother used to coach at uh, high school in Beaumont, and he would send his kids to me and Aiden, or he sent them to Aiden, and Aiden would give them lessons like. He, you know, he he trained them like group sessions and stuff, and I would go just to help because I I I kind of gave up the like two years ago I stopped doing lessons really, um, just because it's a headache. One parent, one parents was the number one reason, and then two, I, the kids kind of I don't know man I don't want to talk down on all 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 the kids because there is still kids that grind there's still kids that work mm-hmm. really hard, but there's majority of the kids I had, I'll say that, that, I felt like they just felt like they knew more than me. And I'm like, well, if you think you know more than me, then I can't help you. But yeah. you know, you're wasting your parents' money. You know what I'm saying? Or like mm-hmm. they would cancel every other day, every other lesson and stuff, or, you know, would pay short. I'm like, all right, I don't got time to deal with this. You know what I mean? And my brother, one of those kids, two of those kids came in one day, bro. One had AirPods in and was wearing Crocs. And the other one was wearing slides to play, start playing catching. And dude, I'll tell you, I lost it because that to me, you're disrespecting the game. You're disrespecting the craft. You know what I mean? Oh, you're disrespecting like, the, your time too, right? Like time. it's oh, our time, time that we're yeah. So right. it's like so. And I told them, and they had a job. Someone had jobs, and I was like, "You have a job?" Like, yeah. Oh yeah, I work at where wherever. And I was like, "Would you go into that job without the uniform on?" You know what I mean? Would you go? Would you go into that job in some balling shorts and some slides? No. So don't <laughs> don't come here. And with AirPods and listening to music, and and I'm telling you right now, yeah, and I was talking to this kid, and he had the AirPods and didn't take him out. I said, "Dude, either you take the AirPods out, or I'm gonna smack him out the head." And he's like, "Oh," and I, and I say that I know this kid really well. Like, I know him. He's he knows I wouldn't actually do that, but I was like, and he's like, "Okay, coach. Okay, coach. I'm gonna take him out." And I'm like, "And while you at it, put some shoes on. Like we're on a turf field right now. You're not about to wear slides and cross oh the field. God. You know what I mean?" Yeah. And and when I was like, oh man, my my shoes are in the truck. I'm like, why would you come into practice without shoes on? You know what I mean? And and, I, and that's the other thing because you know they play football. I was like, would you walk out to football practice with Crocs on? And they're like, oh hell, hell no. And I was no. like, yeah. I was like, so don't so don't do it with me. You know what I mean? Don't do it with my brother right. who's 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 not even charging y'all really. He's hard. I think he charged him for the cage fee or whatever the field fee, which was like. I think it was like thirty bucks and forty bucks an hour or something like that. So he charged him ten dollars a piece. I'm like, you're, he's not making any money off of you. He's doing this for free, man. And you're gonna waste his time. And it was just, you know, that's the type of stuff that irked me because I'm like, as somebody who's devoted from eight years old to probably the rest of his life to this game, 
to have some people come in and just pretty much disrespect it by like no work ethic and not the right gear to just it would just drive me crazy. So I was like, that's I, I, tough. It is, but then there is kids. Like I had two or three kids that were like, yes sir, no sir, bust their ass, whatever I told them to do, they do it. They go home and they practice it for four, three or four hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And those kids, like one of them, I'm, I'm so proud of him. He just, he just, uh, I've trained him since he was like in eighth grade, and he just committed to uh, Cisco to be a uh, to be a catcher. Oh, nice. And you know, Good. he had a lot of people telling him, like, "Oh, you know, he's not athletic. He can't do this. He's not." But I tell you right now, uh, his name's Tyler Roggenkamp. His dad, T. Ray, was would be like, "Look, whatever he tells you, we're gonna go home and we're gonna work on it." And he was another kid where it's like he wanted it just as bad as his dad wanted it. So you didn't have to worry about him going home and being like, "Oh, you know, I can't." Or, "Oh, no, I don't want to do. That. I want to play video games." No, he was like. Uh, all right, I need to gain this many pounds. I'm going to go to the weight room twice a day. I'm going to eat this many meals and this and this, and I'm going to work on this. And he, it worked out for him. And yeah. that's one of those things where I tell a lot of kids, like, the, the hard work thing, so, sometimes people say, oh, and you can work as hard as you want and not get anything out of it. But I would rather work as hard as I can and not get it than not do anything at all and not get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm yeah. going to work as hard as I can to achieve that goal, and then if I get it, I get it. Great. It worked out like, but if I didn't, at least I know I put everything into it I had to try to get that, to achieve that goal. You know what I mean? And I think that works yeah. in all aspects of life, regardless of everything. It's a sport or anything else. You know what I mean? Job, you know, everything, dude. It's, right. that is everything. I know for me, dude, looking back at my, my personal career, like, I, I do feel like there was times where I knew that I could have worked harder. And I always kick myself in the ass, like, where I'm like, damn, dude. I know, like, especially early in my college career, like, I, I was like, I know that I could have worked harder, but I wasn't, you know, going to JUCO was a bunch of, you know, screw ups and stuff like that, you know, gave me the opportunity, but like, I didn't have, I didn't make sure that I put that, my personal, like, uh, work ethic ahead of all of that. You know, I still wanted to have fun and all that crap, which is okay. But, you know, it's learning how to like decipher the two and and commit to the hard work, do it, do it, do it. And then, like you said, at the end of the day, you're like, all right, if I didn't make it, I didn't make it. At least I put right. the work in. Right. Um, now, all right. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's. Uh, I want to. I want to like get into when did you a hundred percent like like commit and feel like you throwing sidearm was like how you're going to do it for the rest of your career. Whether whether your career ends up being you know twenty years in the big leagues or whether it was end of college career. Like when did you feel? Uh, I think whenever I pitched against Washington State, I think it was our last series before the. Uh, so Twenty sixteen, yeah. yeah, okay. So I pitched like I think I pitched that inning and two thirds. I had like four strikeouts, and I got up to like ninety one miles an hour, and I was like, okay. At that time, I hadn't seen another side armor throw that hard, so I was like, dang, I think this is a. I think this may end up being the right, right. Uh, you know, the right path to go on. And I felt comfortable at that time. Like, I think that's part of throwing sidearm with a lot of guys. Like, and even talking to like we have a guy in AAA, um, Chase Lee, uh, who's also a sidearm, and he, he'll say the same thing. It's like it feels really awkward and weird, but then it reaches a point where you're like, you're like, okay, this is the exact slot that feels really good. You know what I mean? And at that point, I found that. That, that angle, that arm slot, and I was like, okay, well, that's – it feels good right here. I'm accurate right here. 
I have throwing harder right here. I think I can, I think I can do this for you know as long as I play. Yeah, because I feel like like you were pretty like straight over the top, weren't you? Like yeah, you were like pretty like, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I'm sure, like, as you started throwing sidearm, like, you kept kind of creeping back up, I'm sure, until, yeah. like you said, you found that slot and you believed it and then you went for it. Did you end up pitching yeah, that at summer? First I was, at first, I was too low. I was really, like, I was, like, super low. And that just was like, dang, I can't tell where my hand's going. And so, like you said, I started creeping up. And when I got to, like, pretty much straight out, I was like, okay, that feels like I can, I can maneuver this way. Yeah. And did no, you end up pitching that, that summer? summer? No. No. Okay. And so what did you do? Uh, what did, you, did you just train and 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 throw pins and, and yeah, we stayed that? in uh we stayed in Lake Charles. I didn't actually throw any bullpens really. I just played catch with. I mean, I even played catch, but uh, long toss. Yeah. No, I, I mean at that time I think I was long tossing a little bit. If you want to call it long tossing, it was like 150 feet maybe. Um. But I noticed really quick that the farther I got out, the more I would raise my my hand would instead of staying like like this, mm-hmm. my hand would start to turn this way to get the ball to go that far. And to me, um, if you're a side armor and you throw sinker balls, you don't want the ball to go up; you want the ball to go down. So I was like, okay, I need to stop throwing that far and keep it a shorter distance, so that way I can really focus on the ball going here and down opposed to having to go up to come back down. Because if you're throwing the ball up as a sinker baller, which I've learned here in the major leagues. It flies out, yeah. I mean, it's like, even if it doesn't get hit hard, you give them a better chance to hit the ball. Which yeah. like, yeah, if you've seen some out this year, I've been beat on like singles that are like under 90 miles an hour, under 85 miles an hour. And you're like, dang, how's, you know, how do you hit that ball right there? Well, then you look at the, you go back and watch the film, and you're like, okay, well, that's a little too up. You know what I mean? If The more air it gets underneath it, the, the more they can get the bat underneath it. So if I can throw it down and have it go straight down, it's harder to get underneath to carry. They'll miss ball. over the top. Right. Or they'll just hit the top of it and beat it into the ground, which is pretty much what you want. Sinkers aren't, you know, analytically, they're not, they're not swinging missed pitches unless you throw it above a certain velo that, I'm, that I don't reach that velo. So, uh you know, for me, the best play is to keep it at the, the bottom of the zone. So then I realized that kind of early with the long toss. So since, like, I guess my sophomore year, I've only thrown 90 feet, and that's it. I throw 90 feet every day. And mm-hmm. to me, I'm a, and I see it a little differently, too, because I'm a um, an effort over distance guy. I am – some people disagree with this, but I can throw the ball with the same amount of effort. It takes me to long toss it that I can at 90 feet. And to me, if I can do that same effort or that same intensity level, I guess, that you would throw if you were throwing 250 feet, that I can still do it at 90 feet. It's just not going to go as far. It's going to go shorter distance. And to me, that's one reason I think it helped me gain velo. Because when I the very first time I threw, I was like eighty four to eighty three to eighty five or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Cobra telling me, "Bro, you're not gonna throw hard from down here. Just, just worry about throwing strikes." I remember I was Co- Cobra's just a hater, bro. Co- Cobra just wanted to be the only one, you know. <laughs> no, but I'll tell him. He, he he'll tell you. I said I, I looked at him. I said, "Fuck that. I'm gonna throw ninety five if I throw left handed 
with my foot, my <laughs> hand, I'm going to figure it out. Because at that time, back then, if you threw 95, you were like, oh, he's getting drafted for sure. Uh-huh. Now everybody yeah. throws 95. So it's uh-huh. like, it's different. It's different now. But at that time, I was like, I'm going to hit 95 regardless. And so I think minimizing the distance but keeping the same intensity helped me cre- like kind of create faster hand speed. And then it really let me figure out it kind of just let my body naturally figure out what it needed to do to get the ball to go, you know, in the vicinity of where I'm trying to throw it at, you know, be more mm-hmm. accurate. So that's what, as far as, you know, throwing distance and velo, that's where my biggest jump actually came from for me. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think you ended up hitting, uh, well, you hit like 90 sticks, right? I think, uh, was it your, uh, was it 20? 20- Last 2017 year, or 2018? Last, last year? Last? So the, when I hit... Initially, when I hit 95, was 2018. And then I, didn't hit, I hit 96 once in 2019 in spring training. And then last year, I was like 95 and 97 for quite a bit of the middle of the season. And then I just got, I mean, I got completely gassed out last year. I threw a lot of innings last year, though. I was At that point, that was the most innings I ever thrown. Yeah. And I think I just kind of wore me out. And then I played winter ball this offseason, which I won't be doing again for a while, probably just because it takes a lot of energy out of you. Like, you know, I came back in the spring. I'm like, you know, I feel good, but I'm not throwing hard. I was throwing like 89 to 91. I was like, I, was like, I don't know what's. I don't know what happened. You know what I mean? Because my mechanics were the same. But then I just kind of realized, like, you know, you had two weeks off. Yeah. It's hard to throw, you know. A lot of innings last year. Then you go off. When did you leave for uh, the Winter League? When when was the – I guess when did you go and then when did you leave? I can't remember the date exactly, but I think from the last game in AAA to my first – game in Puerto Rico was like two weeks. So I had like a two-week break. And then I went straight into playing ball every day, you know, for two months. And then uh, yeah, and then I had another two-week break. And then I went into spring training. And it, obviously it's been, you know, six months or whatever, five, five months, whatever, since then. So it was just like I had four weeks off in the past, you know, 15 months or whatever. So it's just a uh, – it was just a lot. On the on the arm, so. But then again, I'm also not really worried about velo. Yeah, yeah. Once you get to a certain point and throw ball, not saying velo doesn't matter, but like, and <laughs> and my in my case, the deception is the biggest part. You know what I mean? Velo is like a nice uh, quality to have, but you don't necessarily need it if you're. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a funky angle guy or whatever, yeah, yeah, it's the deception and like the movement of the pitch. I, I remember, uh, I think I faced you and Cover in the same inner squad one time, and that was miserable. Like I just remember just facing yeah. both of y'all, and it was just it, when when it's when it's when it is hard though, and, and you start getting that sink to it. Good lord, that's that's when it's. Difficult and not fun. Like, yeah, I think uh, y'all both kid me up or something like that. It it, it, uh, it, it helps though for sure. 
yeah. the angle alone is, is helps, but then the velo when you uh when you have it, it's it really it really is a bigger factor. Now I don't remember you having such a high leg lift. Is has your leg lift gotten higher? recently or is uh, it, has it always been like that I just don't, it's been, I it's been pretty hot when, when nobody on base it's always been mostly about the same uh maybe now it might be a little bit but not if it is it's not a ton because i've always had the same mindset was to bring my knee to my chest so that was always yeah um the setup my, i got I've, since i've got to pro ball i've gotten a little more like cross or not closed kind of turned yeah. yeah closed off so that might be one reason it looks different because I used to be. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I've always been. I've always been like crossed, but not like as closed off. So yeah, you're like I, almost like back to the picture. Yeah, that's, right. Yeah, which uh, I started that like two about two years ago now. Um, just to help for me is actually to help my uh, back leg, like the stability of my back back leg. It had nothing to do with like adding deception. It was just me and a guy. Um, I can't remember if it was Ty Tiedemann or Nick Snyder. It might have been both. There, he was telling me. Uh, I know Snyder was the one telling me about how like his foot, like he went to. I think I think they were Instagram Summers Method or something like that. And uh, he was telling him like, if this is the rubber, and this is my foot, I don't. His foot was straight, and he was like, mm-hmm. it helped him if he turned his foot more this way. On the rubber, okay, and it helped his like he had better, I think his internal mobility in his hip, so it helped him get more velo. And he went from like ninety five to ninety seven to like ninety nine to one hundred and two or whatever. Yeah, and so then I was like, okay, well, shit, maybe that's what because my foot was also straight on the rubber at that time, and I'm like, I always felt like I missed arm side a lot, and the more you higher up you go in pro ball, you can't miss. As a right-hander, you can't miss arm side as much because, like, like, think about it. If I'm trying to throw away and I miss arm side, I'm in the middle of the plate, and that's what gets hit. So I was, okay, or if well, you're going me, in and you miss arm side, you peg him. Right? You pick somebody, right. So I was like, okay, well, I know I don't have the internal rotation, so let me see if, if I externally rotate my foot on the rubber. Will that help? And it did – but it was hard to like keep my foot rotated this way and still be straight like or be more like this way. So I had to turn a little more to get it to where it was like, okay, it feels like really solid. I thought I can keep my back leg uh, straighter as I go towards the play, be vertical longer. And it helped my velo went up. It went up like consistently. I didn't like 97 was the highest I ever hit, but like before I would hit 95 occasionally and then this was helping me like throw ninety five pretty pretty frequently and like ninety six yeah, yeah. pretty frequently. So, so that's where that's where the turn and stuff kind of came from. Was just a conversation with another guy who had been with somebody who works with you know mobility and all that stuff, and it, it worked helped out a lot. It, it's funny how I, I, like the longer you play, the more you do actually start to like tweak or or try to like do something different. Because there's always like that. It's like a, you know, coin flip. Like, but you might find something that'll stick forever, or or for a while, you know. Right, and like especially in the minor leagues, like, uh, you know, there's player development, and like, 
you know, they, they had like, they had me try stuff, you know, differently and uh but like kinda like you said earlier, it's like no one plan is perfect and it, when you're in the minors and you're not a prospect and you're not a high round guy, you have to figure out like what is gonna set me apart or help me elevate my game to get to the literally the next level. Like, you know, yeah. And even within pro ball, there's a difference between like low A to high A to double A to triple A, even triple A to the majors. Like, so you kind of have to like, it's, it's like a game of adjustments. So like, you have to figure out your own adjustments as to, and to what can make you better and, and get you to the next level, whether that be from the lower level to, you know, double A or whatever. You know what I mean? And that's what kind of that's why a lot of guys you'll hear stories like that where like. It's just guys sitting in the bullpen talking about, like, well, you know what? I was watching this video, and I tried this out, and it worked for me. Or, like, you know, this grip I started using works for me. Maybe you should try it for you. And, you know, that's you hear that, like, a lot. especially but Probably every day, right? Yeah. Every day. Right, friends. yeah. Yeah. That's – yeah, it's so uh... – and again, I, I I didn't have the – like, I didn't have the luxury to, like, to play in the big leagues or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it's, like, even – even me playing indie ball, dude, I like this is the type of stuff that I do here or have heard. Like, you know, there for a while, I was experimenting with the split grip when I was hitting. And it actually started to help me, like, get more uh, backspin on the ball and staying through the ball. And, like, I would have never have done that had I not talked to somebody else or seen another big leaguer do it. And that's another thing to these kids these days. The resources to, like, to learn – anything and everything or, or it's insane. And, and you still have kids, you know, show up in the damn Crocs and shit like that. But, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's too. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I was, that's more so what I was alluding to earlier is like, you know, you can grind and grind, but then also you have all the tools available. Like you can go on YouTube and, and look up, you know, videos on how, how does Aaron judge hit or how does, you know, like, how does Marcus Simeon or Corey Seager, how do those guys hit? Like, what's their mechanics? And I guarantee you there's somebody breaking down his swing, telling you, like, okay, well, this is what it looks like he does really well. Yeah. Or, like, you know, you can Google how does Marcus Stroman throw his sinker or Max Scherzer throw his slider or how does DeGrom throw harder and, you know, stuff like that. And you can sit there. I've, I've done this in my professional career, literally. I've looked up. Yeah. Um, I was struggling. 2021, I had the worst season ever in my pro career. Like, the first half of that season was great. And then the last two months, dude, see, it was just double-A kicked my, kicked my ass, bro. And I was like, literally at the end of the year, I was like, I think I'm done. You know, I was like, I think this is where the road ends, as a, right? Yeah. As, a, as a player, you, you know, every player knows the end of playing ball comes for you at some point. Mm-hmm. And for me, I thought 2021, first year in double A, I was like, I think this is I think this is where the game tells me that I'm not I, the game is better than I am. You know what I mean? Like this level of play is just better than me. And again, I have my, my my wife especially and my brother, um, Aiden, they both were like, No, that's not the case. Like you just had a rough patch, like I lost my slider grip, and that was the biggest thing to me. Like I couldn't figure out you know, the, the slider cover taught me. It took me all the way to double A. It was great. And then I, I couldn't throw it randomly. I was like, dude, I don't know where this, where it's going. I'm throwing spin balls and stuff. And, like, um, 
I went on YouTube and I was like, how does Sergio Romo throw his slider? How does uh, pretty much every sidearm, Joe Smith, yeah, anyone uh, that's, yeah, yeah. Steven Ciszek, uh, literally, even Chris Sale and um, Max Scherzer, actually, I know he's not, he's like three quarter ish, but I noticed he has like a lot of movement on a slider. So I literally Googled all their sliders. I found videos, like you said, I were on YouTube, just found videos of how they throw a slider. I tried them all out, you know, and um, I ended up with the grip I have now. Uh, really because of the guy I mentioned earlier, Chase Lee. I was like, dude, how do you actually have a ball in here somewhere? Um, I was like, so the slider Cobra taught me, so if this is the ball, the slider that Cobra taught me was like kind of like this. Mm-hmm. And what he had told me to do was think about trying to wrap my wrist like around the ball when I throw it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that slider – Got me all the way, so it came off, and it was completely, you know, two seam side spin. That got me all the way double A. But then, where I, where I, my problem came with this slider was that my my thumb was kind of underneath right there, and it was hard to keep my thumb from like slipping early. So then I'm just kind of throwing it with just these two fingers. So I was okay. trying to get that that spin where it was just like. Spin and not the cement mixer, yeah, yeah. And then I ended up throwing this slider, which uh worked for a little bit, like it was good. So I'd come around and I would get like there, and it kind of got me side spin, but not directly sideways, it was kind of like this. So it had a little depth to it, and it was it was all right, but I was like, man, I can't really throw this like. I, I when I throw all my pitches, I think about throwing them as hard as I can, and I'm like this grip for some reason I can't like do it comfortably. Mm-hmm. I have the tendency of like I throw sidearm, so my hand is like like this. It's like completely, yeah, I can't see. Yeah, it's just completely like underneath the ball. Yeah, and this one for it to move correctly, I had to get like on almost on top of it. And so it was really hard. And so then I was just, like I said, it was a good slide. Like, it didn't get hit super hard all the time and stuff. But I was talking to Lee, and he was like, he throws his, like, really deep in his hand on the two seams, like a, almost like a two-seam fastball. That's how I threw mine right there. Yeah. Well, then he was like, and then I just think about completely, like, ripping it, like, like that. And I was like, okay. The problem was, if the when I throw the ball deep in my hand, I have I can't I have no, no idea where it's going. Like even my sinker, like this is how I throw my sinker. Uh huh. Where, where like, you know, I can figure out how to use the camera. Like I have that much space between. Okay. Yeah. My my hand and the ball. So then I took the same grip, like identical basically, and I kind of like. Instead of being his was straight up on the seams, mine's slightly to the side. Offset. And my and my thumb, like I have this space in here. Damn, I can't use a camera, bro. <laughs> I have all this space. I have that space in uh-huh. here where his was like super tight, choked off. Mine had the uh-huh. space. And I have all the pressure. On, on the fingertips? On the, this fingertip, my middle finger, and my thumb. Okay. Right so my the, thumb's right the, here. That that part, not no, not the tips, the, right? No, the tip. Yeah, the tip. Oh, I okay. Just couldn't hold okay. 
So I have it on the tip of my thumb like this, and I have this finger. So like, if I want to hold the ball, I can just hold it like this. Okay. okay. And then I put this hand on there. And then, like I said, I come here. And this one, my slider has a ton of vertical movement on it. It has little, very little horizontal. Horizontal. A lot of vertical. Yeah. And I throw like this underneath where I just kind of just these two fingers like that. And it comes and it spins sideways. And like I said earlier, so the one I said earlier had side spin, but it was tilted this way. This one has side spin, but it's tilted this way. So when it comes off my fingers, it, it moves that way. And at first they were like, you know, why are you throwing a slider with vertical movement on it? Like, and, um, Oh, so wait, like, it's having vertical movement up, up not, right. not so, down, not down. Oh yeah. Sorry. Oh, po- it has okay. positive. Ver- yeah, positive yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, let's say like my, like my average. I feel like, I feel like I did see this. I noticed that on one, they, they slowed down one of your strikeouts on a slider and it almost looked like it was. Right, so kind of rising. Whenever I come off the ball, it comes like this off my hand. So I'm coming from underneath it, and it's like my middle finger is going up this way. So it creates that side spin, but it goes vertically, uh, positive vertically. Yeah. And horizontal, it's so, like I said, like metrics are like in a vacuum kind of like when you when they take those measurements on the ball so like technically it's saying like i'm not putting any spin that affects the ball to make it move horizontally but i'm putting spin on it that affects it vertically and also the angle i throw from it's kind of hard like whenever the ball starts spinning that way to measure it going east and west because my arm's already east and west so like it does move to the left but like it's like the perception the, of it or the numbers, in the, yeah. In the vacuum, it says that it basically just moves vertically. Um, which That's made it, which which made it to me at where is made it really good because it's hard to hit a ball that's coming from this angle that's rising and moving this way. You know what I mean? And, and then so your like, fastball does. So it's like slider goes up and then your fastball goes here. I have a picture of. The, I have a video of them like tunneling. And it's like. The slider is going like this, like they come out like this. The slider goes this way, and the sinker goes that way. So it's like you have to make a decision. Ah, tough. Yeah. When, you know what I'm saying? When you see the ball, it's like, okay, yeah. is it gonna go left and up, or is it gonna come <laughs> towards me and go down? You know what I mean? And I think that really helps. And shout out to Lee because his slider is better than mine. But I think I get a lot of swing and miss because of that factor. Is that like? They're used to seeing side armors with sliders that go straight across, but like kind of have that downward tilt to it. And mine literally just goes like straight up. So it's like really hard to kind of gauge whether you want to swing at it or you don't. Like I was talking to when I got sent down to Triple the other day, I struck out a uh, Mercado. He was on the, uh, the the Guardians and then the Cardinals, and he's uh, in Triple with them right now. He's like, uh. And he was like, dude, that it's so hard because like, it looks like a cutter, but then it keeps going left. And you're like, okay, well, should I swing at it or should I not? And like the ones you don't swing at are the ones that stop like on the corner. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, I should have swung at that one. You know what I mean? So that that, that helped uh, helped me a lot with uh, 
getting to where I'm at right now. And it's funny, right? Because like, if you never have that conversation, you never find that slider, or it's just right. It's it's yeah. just so it's never ending. Honestly, like I, I tell kids because you know, especially I, I can always revert this back to me training kids because. They're like, well, I've done this like this my whole life. And it's like, well, it's not right. Like, you need to improve. You need to yeah, change just it. Cause, just because they've done it the whole life doesn't mean it's the right way like, you're doing it. You know what I mean? And I always, and, uh, I always think about uh, Bryce Harper. Like, when he first came in the league, he was hitting one way. And now he's made, like, constant adjustments every single year, right. even though he's won MVPs and stuff like that. Right. You know, guys are constantly. The, the league adjusts to you, though. I mean, I can tell you that even from my short amount of time in the major leagues, like, after your first game, you strike out seven. And now everybody is going to have a scout report on you. Like, they're going to yeah. look at everything you did before. They're going to look at how you pitch right-handers, how you pitch left-handers. And they're going to try to take away whatever you're the really best the best at. You know, that's that's what good that's what good lineups do. That's what good teams do is they, you know, they know, who, they know how you pitch. They make the adjustment to you, and you have to make the adjustment to them. You know what I mean? So it's a never-ending. Like, you can't just sit there and be like, Okay, well, I'm always gonna throw my slider in this spot. I'm always gonna throw a fastball in this spot, and then it worked. Unless you have Jacob Degrom stuff, where you can throw everything glove side and nobody's gonna touch it. You know what I mean? Or like a Ross yeah, Chapman yeah. throw the ball wherever he wants to, and he's just not gonna get hit. You know what I mean? Unless you have that upper level, like one out of every 700 baseball players has, or whatever, you gotta adjust. You know what I mean? You gotta adjust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you gotta do it. You gotta do it constantly because that's that's what the game is. You know, to stay to stay really good. To stay to there, really yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so here, let's – I, I want to hit you with these uh, – we're, we're going to call it a lightning round uh, lightning round questions, okay? Uh, I got like uh, eight questions here, all right? So uh, texting or talking? Texting. Flying or driving? Driving. I, I figured. I figured. Um, other than baseball, which sport would you want to go pro in? Basketball. Podcasting, uh, podcasting, or music when you're working out or or something like that. Oh, music. music. Okay. Invisibility or super strength. Super strength. Steak or chicken. Steak. Coffee or energy drinks? Coffee, dude. I can't stand energy drinks. What's your coffee go-to? What is it? Just straight straight coffee or um, I get a latte. Uh, it's like cinnamon latte thing from Starbucks. It's pretty good. My wife put me onto it. And I was like, I, just, I don't want like something fancy. And she was like, well, just try it. And I was like, oh, it's pretty good. So now I get that. I got one this morning. <laughs> Uh, well, that's that's all I had, man. That's all I had for you on the question on the questions. Um, all right, so let's. You get drafted in twenty eighteen, correct? Twenty eighteen, yeah. Right. So you know we've obviously like kind of gone through your minor leagues and stuff like that. You know we've talked a little bit about, I guess you know what you've done in the big leagues. But I want to go, and, and go straight to your big league debut, and mm-hmm. and, and what it meant to you as far as like you know, your personal achievement, but I think the, the, the one thing that sticks out in my head is watching that debut is that you did set a record, yeah. but there was one guy that got you. Miguel, yeah, Miguel, yeah. Yeah. And like, um, and what, you know, just what did that all mean to you? 
Um, you know, so getting told you're going to the major leagues is like, I mean, it's a feeling not very many people experience. You know, some guys will play a long time and never get that feeling. Uh, and one, I must mention, you know, I already thanked uh, CY and the guys. But they had Aiden come to AAA. They put him on the roster and flew him to AAA. So he was there when I got called up. Uh, I was in the bullpen, and they were like, hey, man, I think it was the fourth inning. They called the bullpen. I knew I was down that day because I threw two innings the night before. Like, hey, our bullpen coach freaked out. Like, hey, Grant, you got to grab your stuff. Go to the dugout. Uh, they're like, the trainer needs to talk to you. I was like, what, is, like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? And then Aiden was there. My boy, Mark Church. I, I guess that was the church. And then uh, another dude, my other really close friend, bro, Grant Wolfram. They were all like, what do you think it is? You think you're getting called up? You think you're going to the major league? I was like, bro, I don't know. And then they're like, you think you're getting traded? I was like, I don't know. He just told me to bring my glove and the, the earpiece to the, the dugout. Anyway, so I, they called me up, and, like, I get to Detroit. My wife meets me there, and, like, you know, you're super excited. And then um, that first day, I got uh, – didn't get, didn't get in the game. And I'm really glad I didn't because the first day, I was, like, super nervous, bro. I was like, dude, I, like, shaking the whole time, like, trying to – Just be, be cool. in the stadium, right? Like Right, just- yeah. And so – and that second day comes around, and he's like, you know, hey, make sure you're ready to go today. Whatever you got to do to, to feel good, you know, get some arm work done, whatever. And I felt really calm that day. Like, I didn't really feel, like, overwhelmed or anything that day. Uh, it kind of just felt like another game. And I, I don't want to say that lightly, but, like, it felt like a, another game in the major leagues. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. felt – I felt more used to it than I did the day before. And then what I wasn't expecting when there was a guy on second and two outs or whatever. Sixth inning. And they called down – sixth inning, they called down and they're like, get Anderson going. I was sitting there, that phone rang. I was like, well, I know it's not going to be me. You know, and he's like, Anderson, you're going to – like, so um, Aiden and my older brother Zane actually had just came down to the stands right there by the bullpen to see – to say hi. And I happened to get warm and they were like, the whole time, they're like, oh, let's go, G, let's go, you know. And uh, I think that also helped just hearing, like, like okay, I, I, I got yeah, you know, fun, family fun, here. Fun family know. there, you know, yeah. And so I, I jog in, you know what I'm saying? I get to the mound, and Boshi was just like, all right. You know, he didn't make me feel like uh, this was foreign territory because it was at the time. And he's like, all right, you got Jan second. We just need one out. You know what I mean? Just go uh, trust your stuff and get out of it. We'll see you in the dugout, whatever. And um, the first two pitches, I could I, my my heart was pumping, and I'm like, oh, shit, dude, I don't want to walk this guy. I can't put two guys on. And then uh, after the first strike, which was a give, uh, was a gimme strike, I went back and looked at it. It wasn't like a ball just off. Um, <laughs> I really felt like after the first strike, I'm like, okay, all right, uh, you're good. Like you throw throw in the strike zone because I'm not. Wasn't known for walking people in the minor league. Like, I'm a strike thrower, and I fell behind 2-0. He took that pitch, fastball for a strike, and then after that, I was like, you know, it feels good. And like, I wasn't. I, I do always chase the strikeout. I was t- told that when I went to Puerto Rico by uh, he's at the San Diego Padres system. He's a pitching coordinator, but he was uh, with the Astros at the time. 
he's like, as a reliever, you should always chase the strikeout. Always. Because even if you execute that pitch and don't strike him out, the chances of it being a hard hit ball are going to be low. You know what I mean? And it ended up – I ended up striking out a bunch of dudes, but that wasn't that necessarily like the actual plan. Like I was just trying to execute it as if I was striking him out and then if I got weak contact or a punch out or whatever, that's how it worked out. And it just happened to work out that day, bro. It was a really – it was one of those times where like you're really locked in you know, uh, you want to make a good first impression. You also want to help the team win because yeah, I'm not playing to lose. You know what I mean? I'm not just there. To be, I'm not just here to be here. You know what I mean? I'm here to win. Yeah, just say that you just got there and then, you know, you're done. Like, no. Right. You know, um, and Jonah, like I said, he really, for that being the first time he ever caught me because he didn't even catch me like, you know, bullpen, our bullpen, catcher, ground, our bullpen yeah. catchers, yeah, the, the bullpen catchers here catch the flat grounds in the bullpen and stuff. And so, that was the first time he ever saw me uh, behind the from behind the dish, and he just—I guess we were on the same page. And well, most of really my, my debut. I don't want to shake off the, the all-star game starter. <laughs> catch me, I mean, so so I guess really I was on the same page as him, and uh, I executed that day, dude. I mean, there wasn't too many pitches I was looking back on it where like I didn't execute the pitch, and uh, they were swinging that day also, which really helped. Um, and it just worked out. I mean, it felt great. It was like a kind of like a weight lifted off your shoulder. You know what I mean? Like you think about all the the hard work, like shitty days in the minor leagues, um, long bus being away rides, from family, like, dude. Yeah, being like, away from family, and then like having my dad and my mom be there, and my wife, and uh, my brother and sisters, my brother and sister and her kids. It was really, uh, it was really special because like. You know, you come from a small place and a small, small world. And then, you know, and I'm really thankful to the game of baseball because it's let me see everywhere in this country. You know what I mean? I've gone out to the Caribbean and played. I've played East Coast, the West Coast, and everywhere in between. And um, while it was really difficult for a lot of the journey just to be yeah. there and have my parents after the game, you know, my wife was bawling, my dad was crying, which my dad never cries, and uh, my brothers were crying. It was just, you know, you felt like you didn't just make it for yourself, you made it for, for everybody, you know what I mean? Like, all my yeah. boys back home, my best friends from back home, one of them's in the Navy, and he was in, like, Florida in, the, on, in some submarine or something. But they all text me, oh, you did it, like, great, you know what I mean? So you feel like you you did it for everybody in your life, you know what I mean? It's not just for you. And it's not just the the work you put in, but all those coaches I had that kept it real with me, all those, you know, teammates that gave me this piece of information to get there. You know, my family, of course, they've been there since, you know, I was a kid and my wife has been there, you know, always pushing me, keeping me from retiring because I almost retired. I almost retired this year. Um, And, you know, it just – it was – that's a feeling you can't really – it's hard to put into words, but it just felt it just felt great, you know what I mean? Yeah, that that's uh I mean, you're right. Like I feel like you can't put it you can't put it into words, but it's it's like you said, it's it's all the it's all the people behind you and behind everything that all the work and all the the, the I'm sure the small the small conversations at the time that now you look back and be like, damn, that was actually a huge conversation in my life. Like 
you know, it, it is, it, it's, and it was, you know, like I said, dude, it was cool. I was, I was telling you, I was freaking cooking food over here. I was fucking watching that. I, I kept, yeah. I kept turning. I was like, looking, I was like, oh my God, another one. Like, yeah. and, and uh, so yeah. for you, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Like after like the today. like after like the second one, where and then you got the third one. Like what what like do you remember? Like I know you said you kind of don't, but like do no, you like I were just, you thinking like oh shit I just got another dude? No, dude. At the time, at the time, I couldn't have told you how many I got in the world. You know what I mean? Like I knew I struck you know a couple guys out, but I was so like I said, I honestly it's probably the most locked in I've ever been. I was like. All I care about right now is wherever he says something, I'm trying to throw the ball to his glove. If they hit it, they hit it. If they strike out, they strike out. You know what I mean? Um, and then, like at the time, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like I had faced that many hitters that already. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, because it did seem like it went by fast. You went three right. innings. So, or whatever, I was right? like, I was two. I think it was yeah, two and two thirds or something like that. And I was like. Shit, dude, I thought it was like one and one and two thirds or something. You know what I mean? Like it just felt weird. And then Cabrera, uh, I really wanted to get him out. I didn't care if I struck him out. But do you think know, that's where that's where like because your mind you said your mindset was like strike out strike like you want? No, no, no. Like, I, still like had, I still had that. I still okay. had that. I'm, I'm trying to strike him out. But it came down to like I'm trying to strike him out, but at the same time, if I make that shit. And he rolls over to second base or something. I'm gonna be just as happy as if I struck him out. But uh, because to me, at you know at this level, <laughs> I always taste the strikeout, but the out is the most important part of that. You know what I mean? Because here you yeah. come into a game, one run game. I don't care if I get three sack flies on one track. If it's three outs and a zero, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But in his case, I was like, okay, and. I don't think like I think that was a great at bat by him. Also, you know, obviously he's one of the best hitters of all time. Um, you know, he fouled off some sinkers in, some sliders away. He took one that he so he checks one at one of them at one of them pitches, <laughs> and he went. I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not just saying that biasly. I went back and watched. I was like, bro, that's a swing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, it's, um, uh, you know, I even it's I even threw I even threw the split finger. He, he, uh, I think he fouled that one off. Or he took it for a ball. I think it took two of them. He fouled one off. The other one he took for a ball. You know, it's 2 2 count. And, you know, I'm throwing sliders in, sliders away, sinkers in, four seams up. He's fouling everything off. And then I finally, that pitch, I executed the pitch, but it wasn't the right height. It was kind of like we were talking about earlier, where it was like a little more up. And he still he still hit it in the ground, but he hit it in the right spot. You know what I mean? And he did hit it. I think he hit it like close to 100 miles an hour or something like that. So it was a good at bat. You know, obviously he knows what he's doing up there. Um, and I do think. I mean, I think I, it was a good baseball play all the way around. Like I I executed those pitches. Yeah. Um, Jonah called the right pitches, and uh, Miggy, you know, he 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 beat me to that spot and he hit the ball. You know, that's a part of baseball. So. It was cool. I did get him out the next time I faced him in Texas. He, he flied out to end the game to right field uh-huh. on, a, on a slider in, actually. Not supposed to be in, but I threw a slider in. He <laughs> popped it up to right field. So I did, out, get him out right? I did get him out, yeah. But uh, 
that was pretty cool. I mean, I'm all, if you're going to give up your first career hit to somebody, a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best, you know, probably top 10 right handed hitters of all time, it's not yeah. terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you, I feel like you do know that, but like he passed, I think he passed Griffey on the total bases and on that swing or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then so it was a historic, a historic hit giving up too. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah, it was uh, you know, he didn't get up hits, but at least uh, it didn't. It didn't hurt us because we by that time we had already gone up four yeah. runs or whatever. So, you know, it was it was okay. It's it a good way to end your debut. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, yeah. It was freaking exciting. Now, kind of going off this, the, I guess, like the same, uh, you know, thinking about Miggy and stuff like that. Who has been the 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 toughest at bat for you? As like so far in your big league career, like which hitter has uh, do you feel like either had like the longest at bat or just felt like a guy you couldn't really throw it anywhere uh, to him? Tony felt like one you can't throw the ball anywhere around the plate, and he hit a you know almost five hundred foot home run off me. So, well, oh, yeah, he, that, 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 that was so that quick. Was, that 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 was so quick. I can't really say that was like the hardest at bat because it was over in two pitches. So. He he took a split finger for a strike, and then I went sinker. Was it so, down and in? I think or? it was down was in. It? it was dotted on the corner. But he I mean that was a dumb pitch. Looking back on it, because like the way his swing works, that kind of plays in, into how he wants to hit. But I did think after seeing the splitter first in the same spot, he might he might just take it as like a. Okay, it sped me up a little bit. I'm not gonna take a swing at that, but nope. He was like home run. So I can't say that was the hardest at bat. I see. I don't know, man. It's uh, there's so many good hitters up here. It's hard to uh, can I pick one out. It's hard to pick one out. Oh, like uh, a Rosa Reina gives me problems. Both. I mean, the first time I faced him, he hit a. He hit a harder the line drive out to center, and then the second time had a two strike, three two count on him, threw a sinker in, and he hits a fisted home run at like ninety four miles an hour over the fence. Oh like, my gosh! Yeah, you know I mean, so it's like he, I don't know, he's in that in between, like, like he's a great hitter, and his swing is kind of a swing for me that's like kind of it's a line drive swing which those are the swings I struggle with because they keep the bat flatter and so for a guy who's east west it's easier for those guys to kind of stay on the pitch inside yeah. outside whatever yeah. um I faced Kyle Trucker once he was another one that felt like he only has a couple spots you can throw it and if you miss those spots he's one of those guys like he's really dangerous on Hitting, he hits mistakes even better than the average major league. Like that's major league hitters hit mistakes better than any other hitters, any other league in the world. And then you have guys like, you know, the Otani's and the Rosarenas and these all star guys that hit those mistakes even better than Corey Seager is the best at it, in my opinion. I might be biased because I see it every day. Well, but yeah, but that guy's he's freaking lightning it. He's a uh, like if you throw the same pitch and you. Even if you hit the spot the second both times, he's gonna he's gonna hit it. And then if you try to throw to that spot and you miss the spot, he's gonna hit it. You know what I mean? So he's another one like I don't know. I guess I'll I'll stay with the Rosa Rainer for right now. Yeah. But there's a there's other guys that are like 
not the, not like all star level like that, but they have those swings where it's like, or dang, it's really hard. Thing, yeah. Right. The present, not too many guys get me on presents. You know what I mean? To me, it's okay. like, like Otani was one, like, it's not like his presence to me, but like he takes up the whole box. Yeah, he looks you so know? large in there, but he looks so far off. It's crazy because he looks so far off the plate, but like right. he covers so much. He covers it because he's so big. You know what I mean? Like he covers his, his takes up the whole box. His arms are really long, his back long. So like, it's not like presence like intimidating. It's presence as like, oh, she's like, where am I going to throw the ball at? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's yeah. not, I can get the, I think I can get the guy out, but it's like, I got to throw the ball two, <laughs> a foot and a half off the plate and hope he swings at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like Stanton was another one. Like he takes up the whole box. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's so big and so long. You're like, they say I can get him out in this spot, but I feel like he can still hit it. You know what I mean? <laughs> But it just comes to like that point, like trusting. And he, for me, he's right-handed. So to me, you have I, the advantage, like I have, yeah. the, I have the advantage of against right-handed. So left-handers are the ones that usually give me trouble. But like a Rosarena is one where he's right-handed and he still like he just stays on those pitches that really plane. well. Whether I throw a sinker down and away or down and in or a slider, you know, he's that plane his bat is on is like he keeps the hands really tight, and then mm-hmm. the barrel is just like going straight across the zone, whether it's down, he can tilt it down or he can get the one up. Like it's those kind of swings that really give me problems. So I'll stick with him. I got you. Uh, now thinking of, of your teammates and, and who, uh, you know, I, y'all have had some additions here as of late the last, I guess, since you've been up, there's been additions, um, you know, with the, with the Chapman and, and 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 Scherzer, like, do you have you gravitated towards those guys, or or like, ha, are they? Do they share knowledge to where it's like, yeah. like you've never heard of and stuff like that? Like, yeah, like so. Um, li- like listening to Degrom talk, one uh, when he talks about pitching, it's like one of the like. Well, you listen for sure, but like some people see it, see guys like him and Scherzer and Chappie, and they're like, these guys are just really, really talented. So they don't know, they don't have to know a ton about pitching. You know what I mean? And that's like mm-hmm. the complete opposite of the game. Like, like listening to Degrom, I was like, dang, he's talking about stuff I wouldn't even like consider. You know, and he has way better stuff than I do. You know what I mean? So it's like, and then um, you know, Chapman when I got sent down, actually. My problem was like one. It was the most I've ever thrown. You know, it's it, and it's hard to go from minor leagues where like you don't pitch every day. So when you get up here and you might throw, I think my first week I threw like five out of seven days. You know, I've never done that ever in my life. Not even not college, not minor league. Yeah. Um, and so like I felt like I was starting to, to like lack on my execution a little bit, which is where I am the best at when I can execute my pitches like low or away up and you know. That's when I'm at the best because, like I said, I don't have Degrom stuff or Chapman stuff where I cannot hit the spot and they're still going to swing and miss at it because it's 103 miles an hour. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but Chappie was like, you know, from what I noticed, he told me, like, from what I noticed when you pitched in the last couple of games is, like, you you don't need to worry about extending your arm so much on your slider as you do 
coming across it to like get the spin to to get more that way. So instead of thinking like, oh, I need to get my arm out there close to the plate, so now it moves that way. I, you need to think about ripping that seam on the outside while when you throw it, just rip it, and it's gonna and you trust that it's gonna spin and go that way. So I was like, okay, you know, that was like something very little from him, obviously. But then, like just the other day, and you know, the one guy I've, I've listened to a ton this year when I when I've been up here was is Nate Yavaldi, an Alvin guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he is so freaking smart when it comes to pitching, bro. And then the other day, like I think it was our first day in Oakland. Um, it's me and a couple other guys. We're talking to him and him and Scherzer about pitching, and I'm like, dude, this guy is like. One, the, as a rookie, the level of professionalism these guys take about their job, you know what I mean? Like, they are, you know, they study as a starter especially. It's a little different from starter to reliever. Um, but for both these guys, they know every hitter. They know his tendencies. They know where their stuff plays the best. At. They know what county swings the most in, what county doesn't swing in, you know. How many times has he swung at a, a one-two curveball in the season? They can tell you. You know what I mean? And just listen to them talk about how they would pitch these guys or how they'll throw this curveball earlier in the count to this guy, and then they'll throw a different curveball later in the count. And I say different. I mean, like, you know, maybe like speed. Like, you know, take some off of it, add some on yeah. to it, yeah. keep the arm speed, or they'll throw the change-up, uh, righty-righty change-up to this guy, even though – you know, that might be it's a high-risk, high-reward pitch or whatever. You know, just listen to those guys talk about stuff like that. Even Chappie about how um, – or, like, Will Smith is another one I talked to. Him. Obviously, we're in the pen, and he's a he's a vet. He's been doing it for a long time. Uh, went to two World Series. I talked to him probably more than anybody uh, out of all the guys on the team about, about pitching just because, like, he's another guy. He'll tell you, like, I don't have, like, elite-level stuff, but I pitched 10 years in the show I got. X amount of saves, yeah. you know, yeah. I pitched a World Series, and, you know, his mindset, I think his mindset and the way I think about how I, when I'm out there are, are pretty similar, mm-hmm. and so it's easy for me to talk to him about, like, okay, like, when I come in, there's guys on second and third, you know, what am I thinking about doing, like, they, they, they've all been extremely helpful, and they all have really great, you know, info to give on how they do their homework, how they do their preparation, execution, what they think about, you know, stuff like that. So as far as new guys, I guess Chappie would be – Chapman would be the one that I would say I talk to the most, but he's also in the bullpen, so I see him the most. Yeah, and then, yeah. Um, Scherzer, not that I just talk to him every day, but I listen when he talks. You know what I mean? When he's talking about pitching, I'm going to come over and I'm going to listen. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, the guys that have been here also, DeGrom and Nate, I mean, they have so much information. And you have combined, you know, what, like 10 all-star games and whatever, you know, playoff yeah. appearances. Like, you're going to listen to what they have to say if you're smart, you know, if you want to if you want to learn. If you so, want to expand your game, right? Right, for sure. For sure. Um, I know you, had, you mentioned the uh, professionalism. So, like, on top of the, just the knowledge itself, like, like mm-hmm. routine, routine and stuff like that, like from what you've seen with the, the other guys, like is that another piece that you're trying to like kind of see how you can add 
or or think of of your own routine? Right, a few routine is pretty. It's like really player specific. Right. Yeah. So I've had the same routine all of pro ball, you know, and that was one thing I already kind of took a lot of pride in myself was like knowing what really worked for me. Yeah. Some coaches, coaches you'll play with in college, even pro ball, and they'll try to change something in your routine and like. I think it's always healthy to try that change because, like you said, maybe that change yeah. will make it make you better. But it doesn't always work like that, you know. Like there's been they've tried times I've had coaches say, "Oh, maybe you add this into your routine, or add this, you know, med ball throw or weighted ball throw," and like try it, and then like yeah, it's not for me, you know. I'm really good at what I do already, sticking to this stretch routine you know, uh, bands, how I do my throws, how I set my throws up. So it's always, uh, I've always stuck to that way. And I have, like I said, I've tried to add or maybe subtract sometimes also some things, but for the most part, it stayed the same. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's just some things that guys do in their routine that I can't do even want to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, like different stretches or mobility stuff. Like Chapman is the most flexible person I've ever seen in my life. I can't do what he does in his routine. You know what I mean? But like, uh, it is nice to see in case you want to add something yeah, like that yeah. to yours. But I think I think for the most part, by the, if you get by the time you get to the major leagues, you kind of have the best routine that works for you. Now, if you struggle and then, you, like I said, you want to add something you've seen and it helps, go for it. You know what I mean? But for me, as of right now. My my routine has been pretty solid for me. So the the physical routine. Now, what about like a mental a mental routine? Like, is there anything that has stuck out to you that you've seen that somebody's like, oh dang, that's that's like a just just because I mean it's such a mental game, right? And right. oh, it's so mental, dude. It's, uh, it's I mean, it, you always think whatever level you're at is really hard until you get to the next one. Um, and then, like, this one is just, like, especially as a reliever, you know, my mentality is going to be different from Will Smith and Robert Chapman because they're uh-huh. closers. You know what I mean? They're set-up man, closer. You know, they got that, like, FU mentality. I'm, I'm coming at you. And, and like I said, I kind of align closer to that than, uh, like, mentally than most people would expect. But it's just – it's so hard, dude, because, like, some guys come in – and they have to be like really loose mentally, to like when they get like really like when they try to like get like you know really tight and you know hardcore mentality they don't pitch well. And then some guys come in they have to be like like Max Scherzer if you look at him all now he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this guy you know what I mean and you're like oh shit he might actually kill this guy and they're like yeah. I, I, for me I'm kind of like that in between of like I don't want to be really amped up and I don't. Definitely don't want to be like super calm. So for me, I'm kind of like, if ten is like closer mentality, like I gotta, you know, f this guy, I'm gonna kill him. I'm like a eight, you know what I mean? I'm like a seven and a half, eight. As for like, I'm I'm locked in. I'm focused on on getting this guy out and keeping these runs from scoring. But I'm not like so amped up. I can feel my my heart, you know, beating out of my jersey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And that's another thing I was kind of fortunate enough to learn. Like, though, like, really, when I got to like AAA, like AA, AAA was like, I perform better when I'm not super amped up. But uh, I, I don't, I need it to be close to that. You know what I mean? 
and that really helped. That helped me a lot. And um, and then going like even playing in in uh, Puerto Rico helped a lot too because I was really putting that like eighth inning, ninth inning role over there. And it's like the the one game I got really amped up was the one time I gave up uh, a run. Actually, I didn't give up any runs. I gave one run over there. That was the only time. And so then I was like, okay, that kind of reinforced like, okay, I don't need to be Chapman, yeah. Will Smith, Max Scherzer level of like intensity. I just need to be. Close I feel like Scherzer is like at a fifteen. Um, he's like yeah, he's at like a twenty five, bro. <laughs> so like, um, I, that, that's what worked for me. You know what I mean? And like I said, some yeah, guys yeah. they need to be a, a one or a th- to a three. Some need to be a five. Some need to be a ten. Like it just it just worked out that I needed to be like that eight level where like I'm close to that, but I need to stay calm enough to where I can actually execute the pitch. Cause that was my problem. Like, I would get so amped up. I'm like, all right, I'm going to throw a sinker low and away. You know, he's going to, you know, I'm going to shove it up his ass or whatever. And then I'm throwing it two like two balls off a plate. It's not even close to a strike. So then I was like, okay, well, I need to, I need to bring it down close, but still good enough where I can execute. I remember, uh, uh, Coach Z, Coach Z would always preach about being at, at an eight. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Always, yeah. I remember that because uh, I mean that's true, man. You don't want to be overamped. Uh, you don't want to be over, over, yeah. o- just over. It's just so much in your head, you know, like right. to try to be all amped up. But but shit, again, there's there's guys that that's where they need to be. Right. Yeah. That's that's so that that's the beauty of the game. Still, like it's all. That's what's so crazy is like. So as much, life, yeah. As much as like, it's it's all like this the same. It's not like, right, yeah. It's, like, it's just the same, it's so same game, but like, we're all gonna have different approaches. We're all gonna have different mindsets. It might get us to the same point, but it's gonna be completely uh-huh. different. You know what I mean? Within like the Which broad is- scope, it's like the same mindset, same approach, but it's like still personalized within. Right. Right. That's just so. It's right. so crazy, man. And it takes so much to get to that point. To where you know where you where you got to be personally, or where you know you got to be, right. to where now you can help somebody else get there personally. And uh, yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, I, I good dude. Good job. Like just the fact that you're up there, bro. Enjoy yeah. it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Like know that know that everyone that knows you and, and has spent time with you is is cheering you on and and wants you to uh, to succeed. And, uh, you know, once again, dude, I, I really appreciate this. And um, I, don't, I really don't like uh, it's uh, shit. We're already it's been like two hours now. Oh, yeah. I don't wanna, <laughs> so, you know, enjoy enjoy the rest of your day, man. And uh, if there's anything else that you want to add, just uh, go ahead. This is your little spot. Right uh, now. No, man. Just, I would just say like to all the kids out there, like, uh, you know, it might be undersized, less athletic, or whatever. Um, you just you don't don't give up, man. You gotta you gotta keep grinding. Uh, you gotta keep keep pushing yourself, keep working hard. And like I said, if you, if you happen to work your butt off and you get to to achieve the goal you want to achieve, great. But if you don't, you know, at least you know you put everything you had into it to get there. And uh, you know, I think. You got to take a lot of pride in that as an athlete and as a student of the game and someone who loves the game. Uh, you know, you get you give it your all every day. 
or else you're never you're not gonna make it, especially at this level. You know, you see guys that are the best, most talented guys in the world, and they still work just as hard as a guy like me who wasn't as talented and wasn't as gifted and still worked hard. They still do it. So you know, if you want to get there, um, that's good. You, you got to do it, man. You got to grind. You got to work hard. You got to show up every day with a uh, good mentality, healthy mentality, and. Um, and uh keep going man that's all i can say and thank you for having me thanks for the i do it's been great i didn't even know it's been two hours yet uh but it's just it's been uh it's been fun man i appreciate the i appreciate the call um thanks for having me on it's been great yeah dude uh and and you kids don't wear your damn crocs all right that's coming straight from straight from grant anderson and don't wear crocs to the field please don't wear shoes and cleats all right man uh well this has been Another episode of Dugout Confessions. Stay tuned. Uh, follow Grant on all his social media. What, what do you have? Do you have uh, Instagram, Twitter? Instagram and Twitter, yeah. Okay. Right. So, uh, Grant, just... Grant A2 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Grant A21? No, Grant A2. I think. And then it, Twitter is soft underscore G or something like that. I think. I'm not huge on social media, though. But so, but. Yeah, go give me more, a follow. more just your more just your Instagram, right? I mean, right, I think yeah. we're all I, that's that's really what I use only. Yeah, shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, thank you, appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll log off right now.